Welcome to another amazing episode of the Path to Podcast Success with your host, audience building and fear crushing podcast expert, Evan Bradley Johnson. Every single week, Evan has powerful conversations with successful entrepreneurs and business owners, revealing the podcast strategies they use to grow their subscribers and sales, and how you can use your podcast to finally get to that next level. Now, turn on your mic and let's start down the path to podcast success. Hey, welcome everybody to another very exciting episode of Podcast Success. I've got a guest here that I think is going to be a lot of fun because she does work that is very, very, that very much resonates with me. So I'm excited. Jessica Phillips, welcome to the podcast. Oh my goodness, Evan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to dive in. (laughs) So uh, I like to start off in the same place with all my guests, and that is by making sure that any listeners who are unfamiliar with you and what you're doing, I want to make sure that they're caught up and on the same page. So for all those people, go ahead and tell us, who are you and what do you do? Oh my goodness. Okay. So that's a loaded question, but I'll I'll try to be as precise as possible. So I like to say I'm a relationship marketing evangelist, which just means that I am one that really loves to help brands grow repeat referral business organically first. And that's kind of like my MO. Um, My personal mission is to help people love more, give more and be more through the art of authentic relating. Uh, And I just like use relationship marketing as the tactic and uh, process to do so. Um, I have a relationship marketing agency located in a small town of Lyme, Ohio, population like 30,000 people are known for trains, cornfields, and right now a lot of snow. Um, But uh, we work with clients all across the U.S. and we have a full team that also is located in uh, different parts of the United States as well. Uh, and we also host, I host a conference called Social Media Week Lima, uh, which is uh, thankfully grown to one of the larger conferences in the Midwest. Uh, and I'm a speaker, a mother, and a lover of all good things of enjoying in this world. <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. That's, that, that's perfect. That's great. Um, <laughs> I, I very, very much... Uh resonate like i mentioned with with your focus on relationships well here let me ask you this how long have you been how how long have you been doing this for yeah so i like to think i've been practicing a relationship marketing kind of mindset forever um but i've had the agency it'll be celebrating 12 years next month um before that i worked in telecommunications kind of worked my way up through customer service to sales, to store manager, to distribution partner um, for the organization that I was at. And all along the way, you know, the relationships were that thing that made the difference, right? Uh, I like to say the difference that makes the difference of who wants to buy from you, who wants to, you know, working in customer service, the one that's not going to throw their bill at you and their phone um, at you when they have a problem because you're taking time to truly out care kind of the competition. Um, So been practicing that, that mindset 
um, forever, but within the marketing space world, 12 years. Okay. And mm-hmm. so you, you, you said that you were, you'd been practicing that then kind mm-hmm. of your whole life mm-hmm. and then decided to turn that into a, into a business. So what was the, what was the thought yeah. process there? What, 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 when did you realize, cause oftentimes with these kinds of skills, you know what I mean? These kind of more like, yeah. I don't know how to describe it, but with these kinds of skills, like yeah. relationships, right? Yeah. It's something you don't consciously think of at first. You're not like, oh, yeah. this is a skill that I am actively developing. You know, you know what I mean? So what, so at what point on your journey did you kind of realize that this was mm-hmm. something that you had a knack for? And then yeah. when did you decide to take that and turn it into a business? So true. And such a good question. I've never been asked this before, but I think it's uh, such a great way of thinking through what our innate kind of skill sets are, as well as something that all of us have within us, right? So because when um, people think of skills, mm -hmm. usually think of like, I don't know, music or or art or marketing or, you know, something that you can like take a class in. (laughs) Writing, podcasting, right? Doing video, things like that. But one cool thing about relationship marketing is all of us can outcare someone else, right? So um, how I learned this, so kind of backing up when I said all my life, I moved around a lot when I was younger. So I was changing schools. I lived in like 22 houses before I was 16. So I was changing schools a lot. So I had to um, you know, learn very quickly how to build rapport with others and to get to know people and be able to kind of have that relationship uh, last and, and be able to be able to, you know, keep friends, if you will, and, and kind of uh, grow yeah. within myself. And this is before the day of cell phones. Um, you know, pagers were the big thing uh, when, as I was graduating. So I'm dating myself here. So you really did have to be good at conversation, but listening and, and building rapport. So I feel like that's where I uh, started learning the relationship process. And then, like I said, working my way up in telecommunications, the company that I worked for at the time when I first started, it was like the big Zach Morris phones. <laughs> like that's how big they were. And, uh, but I went through this quick evolution with telecommunications at the time when I started working, there it was a really cool day and age to work uh, for them because it went through then having the first smartphones, text messaging, photo messaging, you know, data where in a time and day when people were like, I just need my phone to make phone calls. I don't need all this stuff, right? So you had to be able to build a rapport with someone, ask them the right questions so they could imagine themselves using those services. And starting out in customer service, typically persons coming to us with a complaint or a problem, but we were still required within our company to sell, right? But I had to learn that I couldn't sell first. I had to solve that problem first. I had to you know, build this uh, relationship and uh, out care, right, to, in order to understand what they were going through, help them along the way, then they would come back, I would be patient, they would come back and then purchase from me. So I grew as like the top salesperson in the customer service department, that's how I got promoted to then sales, right, and the same thing kind of kept happening to where then I got promoted to a store manager, helping others learn to sell, but I wasn't selling. It was kind of like I was selling without um, trying to sell, right? Um, it was more, again, out caring. Um, and care is an acronym I'll get into 
a little bit later that I think anybody can do in order to grow their business, no matter what you're doing. But I then grew from store manager to distribution partner, was promoted, um, which that role entailed me traveling from Ohio and Indiana to locations that were selling our service, but they may also be selling other services. So it was like radio shacks and things like that. Anybody that's old enough to remember those, (laughs) or if there's any still around. But um, I had to, you know, connect with the the managers there, help them train team members on selling our product, why they should sell it, and then also scout out other locations. I fell in love with that job. I thought I had my forever job at the time. And where the pivot happened to where I started my own business is when I actually got pregnant. I said I have a mom. That's one of my <laughs> one of my things that defined me. I was pregnant with my daughter, um, and this is my last my, my third daughter that I was, um, having, and, um, I got really, really sick at the time. So I was in the hospital for eight out of my nine months of pregnancy, very sick, but I was the top salesperson for the company. And within a month and a half, because they knew that I wasn't getting better, they let me go. They were like, we can't cover your territory. And, um, so we're going to let you go, but just, you know, contact us back when you're feeling better. And to me, because relationships are so important and I had given, um, you know, a lot of my loyalty and time and effort and focus to this organization, I realized uh, while I was sitting there (laughs) in the hospital that I don't want to work for a company that doesn't care about me um, and that could, you know, let me down when I can't, you know, when I needed them kind of to show up because I was the breadwinner, I was the insurance carrier, you know, and I was just really disappointed. So all I had then at that time were the relationships that I had built along my journey, along my career to sustain me. And at that time, even though I wasn't working at the organization, one of the things I was using to help the the brands um, that I would, the doors is what they called it, but stores like Radio Shack and some of the mom and pop shops that were selling our service was they had no marketing budget. So I was teaching them social media before I left. Um, because that just came out and I was like, Hey, people are choosing your small business because they know they're going to get the time and attention that they deserve when they come in here versus the big box store. Cause I worked in that big box store. Right. So I was teaching them social media and how to show up. So when I was abruptly let go, when I got pregnant, these people were still calling me though, asking me questions about social media and something just clicked because that was the one place that I could still connect with others myself being in the hospital, as well as these organizations, they're asking me questions. And I found that it was just a natural place for me to how we can show up as individuals to have no limits to demographic, to be able to still build a rapport, um, and use our brains over budget, right? If they didn't have a marketing budget, they could still show up. So it clicked for me that time that I could then work in social media. Um, I had went to school for marketing and then went on to uh, get my master's in internet marketing. And then I started Now Marketing Group with the MO of making relationships the most important part of business, as well as culture and how we treat our team. you know, so nobody else went through working for an organization that had kind of that bureaucracy of, oh, you're only worth your last sales month, you know? Right, so. Right. so you cultivated this skill of building relationships through your childhood moving around. Cause I can, I mean, I can imagine that came in handy many times. I mean, I, I, I was fortunate enough to be in the same, like, you know, school system for my entire childhood. And mm-hmm. I can't imagine 
having to go from school to school and home to home and mm-hmm. having to make new friends at each place and then move on to the next place. Um, mm-hmm. that, was, that must have been very difficult. And so it's incredible that what you took from that was like this incredibly valuable skill. You know what I mean? And then you were able to cultivate that even more in your, in your, you know, career. And, mm-hmm. and so you realized that then kind of, well, and so did you, did you have that, you had that conscious realization then that relationships, building and growing relationships was the skill that you had. Uh, you had that before then you were let go from the sales job and before you got pregnant and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That was something and that you were consciously thinking of. Yeah. And I just realized like all of us want the same thing, right? Like it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like all of us want this sense of belonging. We all want to feel safe. We all want to feel connected and we all will show up and continue showing up for the people that show up for us. If there's that bond, I think, you know, I hate to bring up 2020, but I think that was awakening for so many businesses for the same thing to realize that loyalty is something that can't be bought you have to earn it. Community is something that is not for sale for a business, right? You have to earn it. And what is going to keep that loyalty, both with your team members um, that are working within your organization and providing the experience to your customers, you have to have care at the root of who you are, right? And in an organization, as a person or whatever, you have to care about what you're showing up for, and then you have to show up for those that are wanting to show up for you or stay with you, because that's where we've seen brands that in 2020, not only lost a ton of team members, they have, you know, they called it the great resignation because people had this awakening of like, look, you know, it's not worth it for me to sacrifice my health or my family, or this company really doesn't care about me because they have this shakeout of what companies really care and which don't. So I think that you can't even buy people back enough. They have, there's so many companies out there willing to have these sign-on bonuses and stuff. And people are like, no, it's not worth it. They only want to work and stay with the companies that truly care for them, one. And then two, customers as well. When you had to cut or potentially cut and decide, what do I cut back on? Where do I save money? the decisions that came really easily are the one companies that you didn't have a relationship with. You didn't care, but our hearts and our loyalty and where we wanted to show up and support people even more were with the brands that we knew actually show up for us and care. And that was really cool to see. And now I see this awakening even more so with companies finally kind of getting it that, you know, it's, you, you, you know, our message is bigger than our product or service, like how we show up, who we are at the end of the day, that is bigger than anything else that you're trying to, to sell or put out. And, um, and that's, who's going to win. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. So you, you have all this insight into the world of relationships and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And it's something that you have this incredible skill in and you're helping entrepreneurs with, with, mm-hmm. you know, relationships. So how exactly how exactly do you help people with that then? Is this like yeah. a coaching thing or how does it work? Um, so yes, and <laughs> so coaching, we do do coaching uh, and offer coaching. I do that as well as, you know, um, some trainings for teams and organizations um, to teach them the process of care. So I mentioned uh, care is the ac- is an acronym and how you can remember what it takes to truly build what I call flywheel effect to growing your business. Um, We also provide services too, to help companies 
manage those things that they need to do. Um, but care, let me break it down to what the acronym stands for and why I believe like the sales funnel is dead. It's broken. Like it doesn't work anymore. What it is, is a flywheel because a sales funnel says that you market out, you bullhorn your message out, you try to get leads in, and then they shake out marketing qualified, sales qualified, whatever, right? Become a customer. And then you just focus on dumping more in. But that's not the case anymore. When 90% of all buying decisions are starting online, people are looking to see who do I choose, which brand, because it doesn't matter what niche of a niche of a business that you are, there's somebody else that does the thing that you do. So you have to be able to stand out in what you do and the how people are deciding which brand to choose one or another is based upon what others are saying, peers are saying one, and two, the vibe that they're getting from your organization and how they can tell what makes you different. And when I say peers are saying, peers defined now online reviews is a lot different. Like we trust what people are reviewing on Amazon, even though we don't know those individuals, you know, Google reviews, reviews, you know, Yelp, you name it, right? So those matter. Um, so if the buying decisions are based uh, upon experience that somebody thinks that they're going to have with your organization, that means that we never stop marketing or selling to someone because if they're referring us on, they stay as part of our sales process. And that's the cool part about it is that we can grow this flywheel effect that changes, you know, turns our clients to our biggest advocates, our team members to our biggest evangelist, right? And our community, hopefully to collaborators. And it's going to keep growing momentum to help us grow outwardly, but it starts at our core. So Care breaks down to the first part is capturing attention. How are you going to capture the attention and really have somebody take notice to you is by first starting, like I said, the inside out, knowing what you do is bigger than like your message is bigger than your product or service. So like, for example, we worked with a water bottle company and there's 10 million water bottle companies out there, but we're like, what you sell isn't what you, who you are. Like, what are you truly here to do? And they got to their core brand manifesto, if you will, and said, we're really truly here to help people live an exceptional life. Exceptional experiences is what we want um, them to be able to enjoy. And then that expands out their messaging. So um, of, of how they want to show up. It's bigger than just the water bottle, right? They, they care a lot more now about it because it's their passion. Now they know who they want to hire. They know the kind of culture they want to bring. They know who they're doing it for. So they're not just trying to sell to anyone. They're only either trying to relate to a specific group of people. Some people call them personas or avatars or what have you, but you know who you're there to do business with and for. So when you can understand that capturing attention part by creating your manifesto, your personas, and like your culture deck, now you have the A part, which is articulating your message with clarity and conviction. So you can get crystal clear on here's who we are, here's what we do, and here's who we do it for. And now it's going to resonate with people to then build the R, which is relationships for repeat referral business as well as relationships with people that you can turn from just people that are in your community to collaborators. So what I mean by that is like you and I, I'm on your podcast. You have a trusted built-in community that knows you, that shows up for you. They believe in what you're saying. And you then say, hey, your message resonates with me. You bring me in, we're collaborating here. And now I'm being introduced to your trusted built-in community. Um, you know, that 
that in itself is another part of that flywheel effect of growing your momentum because more people are being introduced, right? And now I'm going to share this out to my community. And there's this, you know, uh, reciprocity of growth, right? Uh, there. Um, and when we focus on keeping the people that love us, that enjoy working with us, that chose us and just give them reasons to choose us more again and again, and focus in on the people that already love us with that relationship aspect, they're going to be the biggest advocates for us and help us growing our brand. And that's where you're going to be able to reduce the spend that you have on marketing, reduce your ad budget and truly grow your business. Um, and the E part of care is all about the exceptional experiences and experiences of verb. It's how we're making people feel. So when we focus in on, I don't want to just have a deliver a great product or service. That's what people pay for. That's nothing grand or great, right? Like the people expect to get what they pay for. But if we can say, I want to do it in a way that's, you know, speedier, ease, gives ease of use that offers delight or does something just a little bit more personalized, enjoyable, that's going to mean something that sticks with people. That's when they're going to leave reviews. That's when they're going to want to show up for you to engage with your social media accounts. That's when they're going to want to stick with you longer, right? So that's how by doing the, that care process, you can out care the competition and grow your brand sustainably, you know, and profitably without needing to show up with more and more ad spend to do so. That is incredible because it's people think about the, the people in their, in their lists or the people that they're connecting with, you know, and marketing to, uh, most entrepreneurs, I feel like just think of them as, as numbers, right? As numbers in a list. Oh, what percentage of these numbers can I convert into this? And et cetera, et cetera, right? But it's, they're not numbers, they're people. And slowing down and really gearing your marketing towards people, sharing value to those people and being mm -hmm. there for them, that goes much farther than throwing stuff at them constantly, exactly. treating them like numbers. I was snapping. I didn't want to snap too loud in the mic, but I was <laughs> snapping at what you're saying. Uh, because yeah, when you can, you can, when that shift happens and you get like buying is greater or excuse me, belonging is greater than buying, right? Like if we can get people to belong with us, meaning they feel this safety, they know that we care for them it's going to be greater than just getting one person to buy from you. Anybody can sell to somebody one time, but to get somebody to come back again and again, and not only buy from you, but then advocate for you. And truly like most of the time when they have this sense of belonging, they're growing with you. They want to consume whatever you're putting out. Right. And, and belonging also means that there's some people that are going to advocate for you and show up for you that'll maybe never buy from you but their worth is still so great. I have a, a fantastic community of people, um, you know, that show up on the live show that I do and that, you know, consume blogs and they share content out. They'll never be a customer or client and that's okay. But we have this, this central uh, connection of saying, I believe what you believe 
And I love how you show up and we are still offering value to each other's communities and to each other. And I want to advocate for you. And that, that is somebody that you do want, like I said, in your flywheel, that community into collaborators, you know, your followers on your page, you, you convert them to true fans. Cause there's a big difference, right? The people that are having the conversation with you, and then you can grow and keep that momentum growing. But it, it does take the shift of just having the sales mindset. And I, I get it. Like I'm a business owner too. Money matters. You, you can't pay people's well, paychecks and love, but you, you do grow that way. Exactly. It's interesting mm-hmm. because people think that if someone, if a fan or, you know, a potential client or someone in a group or a list, they don't buy from you, then it's just, oh, it's just like a waste. Right. But that's not true because think about in, you know, the physical space, right? Because most online entrepreneurs really only operate online and think online. But if you think about a physical space, um, think about say uh, something a business like a bookstore or something like that where may, maybe I'm stocked up on books right now I don't want to buy anything but I know this bookstore exists and I know where it is and I it may be if a friend is in the market for books I tell oh yeah I know about this great bookstore I haven't been yet but it sounds incredible well then my friend could very well then go to that bookstore so these exactly. people exactly yeah, you built these relationships exactly. with these people, and even if they don't buy anything from you, then mm-hmm. you know they might go to you. Like you know, I I probably or I'm you know I might not be in a position to purchase your coaching or your services related to relationship marketing. Mm-hmm. But if someone comes to me talking about that, you probably be mm-hmm. the person I would refer them to. Exactly. And so, like you know, if if you do, if it's difficult to move past thinking about these relationships in terms of business growth, mm-hmm. money, things of that nature, then, well, there, there it is right there. You exactly. Know? You have an army of advocates for you now and sales reps for you, right? And people that are referring you, they say like, um, I forget who said the quote, but I love it. You know, a brand is what somebody says when you leave the room. And that's so true now, even more so online, because a lot of social media are moving into what they call dark social. It's a lot different than the dark web, not the same thing, but dark social where conversations are happening in the inbox, right? They're happening in private, more niche communities. So a brand doesn't even know sometimes where people, what people are saying or how they feel, you know, like measuring, you know, the sentiment of the community because it's happening in these private communities. But when you show up that way and you have these advocates for you, that's where you get, you know, the the conversations that people are saying great things about you. And now if we look at how Google is shifting, how Facebook, how Instagram, how all of them are changing the algorithms, you know, with the Google page experience update and the Google core vitals update with their algorithm, they're basing rankings on sentiment, meaning who is staying on your website longer, who is coming back more often, you know, and it's not just about the content length and stuff anymore. It's about who is providing value. And the only way to do that, it's something not for sale, is by truly doing it, right? Same thing with Instagram and Facebook where they're removing the likes. They're looking at who's engaging, who's writing content with that's engaging, those kinds of things. So Everything is moving in this way uh, as we move into the metaverse, as they say, it's a co-creation with our communities, with our clients and showing up in a way to where the only way to win long-term is if you truly care. Yeah, no, that, yeah, it's, it really is because otherwise it's shallow and, and meaningless 
and mm-hmm. it, you may find some short-term success, but nothing lasting. And I think that's something that people get caught up in as well with building these relationships. The thing about relationships is it take it, it can take time to build. Mm-hmm. So the success and the, the returns, right, you may not see it for a little bit, but like they do come and they're better than if you don't focus on a relationship. So that's something that I believe. Yeah. And you mentioned... Now, I know this, but you, you mentioned it um, a few minutes ago. You mentioned that you had a live show. Mm-hmm. What What's the deal there? Tell us about that. Tell us about what it is. Tell about where it is and, sure. uh, and why you have it. Yeah. So um, I started growing the agency because um, I didn't have a budget, right, either to market my marketing agency. I started, so I offered free trainings in my community to teach people how to do social media. And people are like, that's crazy. Why would you teach people how to do something you're just trying to sell? Um, but I'm like, I, I know they're not hiring me because they can't Google it, right? Or if hire somebody to post for them. They're going to hire me because they trust me and they know that I know what I'm talking about. So why not display it to them, right? They want to do what they do, grow their business. So I um, started offering free trainings and then live video came out and I was like, ooh, now I can offer it even more so to more people on demand. They can come back and play for, uh, play it back. Uh, and I started out on Blab. I don't know if you remember that. I was, I'm showing my age here a lot. Um, but I started out on Blab and then moved it to, um, we go live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's called Magnet Marketers. Um, because our goal is to help people become a magnet with their marketing to attract the right people in that's going to stick with them longer versus the bullhorn approach of just blasting a message out to many, hoping that they hear you. Um, so we go live every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and we do that uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Twitter, and uh, our Facebook groups and YouTube, uh, where it's yeah. multi-stream. Um, they're live and we bring in others that are showing up in the same way um, and teaching how to do everything from find stories in your business to talking about, you know, how to um, build in a better culture within your organization. So everything that's going to help people become a better magnet marketer. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is, that's very interesting. And that's, that's cool that you've been able to create this kind of community and you've been able to showcase these people. So these are like guests you're having on mm-hmm. showcasing different things that they're doing and, and, and mm-hmm. ways that they're finding success and how it relates to what you're doing. That's kind of like what, what it is. Yeah. Offering value. So it's a, a short teaching of what their um, zone of genius is. And we just talk about how that can apply to, to businesses, of course, like that they're helping. Um, and then we recap it in a blog and, um, you know, and, and provide all the links for people to learn more. But yeah, it's, um, right. we've had guests on, we've, I've done a couple solo, you know, but um, I always try to bring in others that are just doing exceptional work uh, for their, for their people and have a great zone of right. genius. That, that is very that's very interesting. I will make sure that we have that linked um, in the show notes of your episode because that's something that I think people can really benefit from if they want to check that out. The more people realize the value and importance of relationships in the world of business, the better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so as we begin to wind down the podcast, uh, I wanted to ask, when you first 
delved into entrepreneurship when you were were let go, unfortunately, or I guess fortunately in hindsight. Yeah. And you know, you got out of the hospital and you were doing this stuff with, with relationships and and you started in the world of entrepreneurship. What was your biggest fear? And well, did that fear end up coming true? Oh yeah. Um biggest fear i i think anyone it's failure thankfully <laughs> thankfully being the stubborn tourist that i am i had blinders on and it's like i'm gonna do it just to prove you wrong kind of thing you know or right, just right. to do it you know because you let me go kind of thing um but i still think the failure was there i think um i you know you definitely do have imposter syndrome a lot of times when you start out um and it was like, oh, I'm just a small town girl from, you know, starting a business, you know, do I have any business starting a business kind of thing. Um, so I think that was the fear. Did it come true? No. Um, I think I've learned so many lessons along the way. The biggest being one, everybody has imposter syndrome to some degree, I feel uh, in many regards. So cut yourself some slack and, and learn from others and be open to accept help and, um, you know, share uh, what you're what you're going with and going through. Um, and two, I think a, a huge lesson was you can say no, <laughs> nothing's worth taking on the wrong client. And I think at the beginning, I thought I need to say yes to everyone that comes in my door because it's, you know, dollars and I can help them regardless and that's not the case. I think um, taking on the wrong person adds, uh, say you're either adding culture, cre in a culture credit with every decision you make or culture debt, meaning whoever you're building this relationship with, whether it be a client, a team member that you're taking on or whatever, or who, you, who you're aligning with, it's either going to work out in credit and how they're speaking with you or debt that it's not going to work out. So if you take on the wrong people, it's adding more debt um, to your, your culture. Um, so I learned very quickly, like, Hey, it's okay to say no to some people that, you know, you're not going to align with. They don't mesh with you well and refer them to someone else. There's so there's enough business for everyone out there. Um, and it is empowering and actually financially rewarding to say no to the wrong people. Right. That is, that is incredible. And there is huge power in saying no, and it's a skill mm -hmm that I can remember my journey with that. And it's definitely a skill that takes time to develop. It's, it's tough to say no, especially mm -hmm. when you're in the beginning stages of entrepreneurship because you know, money. Yeah, so exactly. It's, you know, it's uh -huh. difficult. So that's, uh, I appreciate you for, for highlighting that. Um, mm -hmm. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for you. being willing to come on the podcast and share these incredible insights. For people who are interested in you and what you do, in your live shows, uh, where can they find out more about you? Yeah, sure. So um, I do have a personal website. You can visit jessicaphillips.com. It's J-E-S-S-I-K-A, Phillips, P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S.com. And the links to the social networks are there as well as, you know, the different shows and, and all the things. <laughs> so whatever works uh, best for you or however I can help, I would love to continue the conversation. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again, Jessica, for being willing to come on the podcast. Thank you for having me.
Thank you for listening to this episode and for supporting the Path to Podcast Success Show. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review, letting us know what you think of the show so we can bring you the most value we can from these expert podcasters. Your support helps us reach more people looking to step up their podcast game so that they can continue to grow their brand and spread their message. So again, thank you for listening to this episode of The Path to Podcast Success, and we'll see you in the next episode.